It's been way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by Quaint. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. Big shout out to our main man, Zach, providing the tunage to get us here. We have just the most celebratory day ahead today. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Mike, what's up, dude? What's today? Dude, today, our 50th episode. Honestly, I never thought we'd make it to five episodes. So, 50. Congratulations to you. And therefore, by association, me. (laughs) (laughs) Congrats, bro. Oh, man. I can't believe it, really. 50 episodes in the can. It feels really good. Plus bonuses. Patreon bonuses, bonuses we've put on this channel. We've been... And we've never missed a week since since we started posting. We both got back from vacation just a few days ago, but still posting. Yep. No matter where we are. That honestly might be the thing that I'm personally most proud of uh, with the podcast so far is just so many, so many other people that I've either talked to or looked at that have done a podcast. They always end up skipping weeks. We've never skipped a week and man, and we're almost coming up on a year of doing this. Yeah. Ah, this is just unbelievable for everyone out there. We have a very special episode coming up. It's, it's going to be Mike and me. And we're doing a 50th episode extravaganza. We're giving you five top five lists. And it's going to be a bit of a retrospective where we're going to look back a little bit on the episodes that we've already done. And we're also going to dive a little bit into our movie tastes. So... Mike, Mike, should we just lay it out for everyone right now, what we're going to do? No, no. Leave them guessing. They got to listen to the entire episode. I love it. And I'll say, if you've never listened to us before, this is potentially a good way to figure out maybe what would be some good intro episodes. Or if you are a fan of the pod and you're listening to this, perhaps these are the right episodes to present to people. If you are so kind, tell them they should listen to our podcast. And at the very least, you know, hit us up. Once we do our lists, you'll see you're going to want to get involved. Hit us up with your list. Lots to choose from today. Please. We, I really want to know everyone else's lists in regards to the ones we're about to bust out. And before we do, I do want to say something because we have a very special person to shout out during this 50th episode. We have a new Patreon subscriber. And it is the one and only, my dear friend, Brandon Ikeda, also known as Buddha. That's how I that's how I refer to him. So Buddha, thank you so much, dude. Truly, you are such a fucking incredible friend. And it means so much that you have become a subscriber. Mike, I don't believe you've had the pleasure to meet Buddha, but I really hope that changes soon. 
well, I already love this guy. So what can you say? He's an absolute, he's an absolute legend. And without further ado, let's jump into this thing. Which list are we starting with? I don't even know. Five lists, 50 total picks. I'll just pick a list. Let's do it like that. I'll pick the first list and then you can just pick the next one and we'll go on and off until we hit all of our picks. Deal. Okay. Um, Let us start with our top five movie pet peeves. I love it. Do you want to go first for this one? Sure. So that's what we'll do. When when one of us picks a oh, yeah, list, I liked I liked the it. other will start first. And I think this is pretty self-explanatory. These are just the things that drive us nuts about films. We love yes. film, but there's always things that we don't love. And And to be clear to everyone, this isn't pet peeves in the movie theater. This is just in the oh, in point. the actual movie pet peeves we have things that happen in movies that bother us great point so i'll start this off with a pretty simple one but i really dislike in films my number five generic villains i really do not like when a villain is not memorable it's vi- it's hard for a movie to be amazing for me if I don't remember or give a shit about who the bad guy or bad guys are. There are some instances where this doesn't hold true, especially if maybe like that's part of the joke of the movie. But for the most part, there's just so many films I can think of where I'm like, okay, here we go. Another generic, like we'll say action movie with a villain that isn't special, doesn't feel like a real force to be reckoned with. And I'm going to forget two days after seeing the movie, if not an hour after seeing the movie. That's completely true. And, and sometimes the villains are, you know, the most memorable part of a film, Mm -hmm. but at the very least you have to have that balance. I mean, we've, I'll just pick a random film, but like, since we've talked about it, Briefly on the pod, like Gladiator. Oh my Without God. Joaquin Phoenix, that movie is not even close to as good. No. I mean, Dark Knight. I know not your not your favorite movie, Mike, but <laughs> the joke, I, I, I did not even mean to do that specifically, but. Look, it's the 50th. We had to talk about the Dark Knight. <laughs> Mike, have you watched the fucking movie again yet? No, but I'm going to. I'm going to do the whole trilogy, I swear. Oh By the 100th God. episode, I will have done it. There he is. There he is. But hey, we'll take it. But yeah, I mean, there's so many Darth Vader, like it's uh, fucking Michael Myers. I mean, we could go on and on. It's these iconic villains, Hans Gruber and Die Hard. Like these are guys you remember and therefore the movie's more memorable. When I'm watching, you know, certain movies and I'm not even going to remember the villain, it, it bums me out. It bums me out a bit. Okay. I like that. I like that. I uh, All right. I'll start off with kind of a classic one, but I'm going to qualify it a bit because my number five is it's not just that I hate. I don't hate all jump scares. I hate completely pointless jump scares. Like if something jumps out at me and it's a ghost or a villain, okay, fine. That's totally fine. But when it's just like someone's friend that just crept on them for absolutely like no reason whatsoever, it drives me nuts. I don't understand what you're doing there. Is that how you're building the atmosphere? What are you doing? That's a fucking great one that I didn't think of. And I totally agree. 
And I, I, I'll give you an example, actually, because just whatever it was, two weeks ago, I saw the new Purge movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'll do it quickly. It's not an important scene, but they're in the middle of the Purge. So it's Purge time. And the people are in the house. And this guy, he like hears a noise. So he goes to his gun safe and he's getting a gun and he closes the door to his gun safe and his wife is there. And it's like a jump scare. And you're like, so you're telling me that in the middle of a purge, the wife sees the husband grabbing firearms and still decides that it's a good idea to just like sneak up on him in the middle. Like that would never happen. It doesn't make any sense. Why are you doing this? Stop. Silly. Just so silly. How dare you? Also, I want to say to everyone, because we didn't say this at the beginning, but because this is our 50th and because we're having an extravaganza, we're not going to have a spotlight this week. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. We'll, we'll return with that next week because this week is about celebrating. Great point. Let, let me hear your number four pet peeve. Okay. My number four pet peeve, and it only happens in a handful of films, but I really can't stand Ooh. when characters go between speaking in English and their actual native language when it's not because they're actually you know, bilingual and speaking both, it's because they're Americanizing the movie. And for whatever reason, some lines, a few lines are in the foreign language and then the rest is in English. And it's just like, this is silly. This is silly. Dude, I have to tell you something. What? I have it higher. No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. Yes, I do. Oh my God. Yes, you do. How is that possible? Oh, I, I don't my even, God. Just, let's just talk about it now. Honestly, let's just, I don't know what the rules are. We oh didn't anticipate this could ever possibly happen. So, yes, it's when – and I just thought of the movie because I saw it within the last like six months or so, but Red Sparrow, that movie with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. Why is she talking in Russian-accented English the whole time? What does that even – why are you doing that? I have no clue. And I didn't even, I didn't even hate that movie. But just like that was so unnecessary. It's what? Are you, why? And then I think a few other people, like you said, I think a few times they speak in Russian. So is that is that like a clue that she actually was speaking English the entire time? It just makes no sense. Just speak the language. It's so silly. I just so so silly. Silly is the key word today, apparently. Like, but it is. It's just don't do that. Don't do that. I can't wait to. Oh my god, that just blew my mind. Absolutely terrible. Just get just read the subtitles. I know that's why people do it because there's this thing. I guess people don't like subtitles, but like I don't care. Oh, subtitles I don't are so care. great for the right movies. Um, <sighs> what's your number wow. four? Okay, my number four is it happens most often with coffee, but it is never actually having anything in the cup during scenes where people are drinking. Oh my god. They that. and they always hold they hold the cups like in a way that makes no sense because there's nothing in them. They're practically mm-hmm. like pouring them over, and then they put the cup down, and the sound is all wrong. Like you could totally tell it's an empty cup. Just put something in there. Just put something that looks like coffee in there. It's gonna look ten times better. Why? It's why? I don't understand why. Why couldn't you put the coffee in there? I have no idea. It doesn't make sense. It happens with cups and coffee, but like it happens other ways too. Just put something in there. Drives me nuts. That's that is a fantastic one. My number three is when people when characters do things in in movies 
that are completely unrealistic just for the sake of moving along the plot. I guess that's very general, but like an example would be perhaps there's a detective going to check something out and it's very clear that it's dangerous. It's not like there's any reason to rush. It's not like it was like, oh my God, like get there now. And they just like don't tell anyone where they went. So the and there and the, it'll like cause an issue that will cause something later in the film or just like when there's a random fight in a movie between two people that crops up for absolutely no reason just so that we can then later have a makeup in the movie. I just I don't like when things happen that wouldn't really happen just for the sake of being able to cause something to happen later, if that makes sense at all. Okay. I feel you. I feel you. You like a sort of realism feel to the sequence of events. Yes, exactly. I don't need it to be. There can be all, you know me. I like fantasy. I like all that shit. But it's just, I want there to be some realism to the sequence of events. It has to be some sort of cause and effect. So my number three is when the score of a film gives away the drama. Ooh. So I thought of, I was just thinking, I don't know why. Oh, because I was, well, we'll talk about it later. I was thinking about an episode that we had done of the pod. And this happens like two or three times in the Hurt Locker. And I just remember it totally ruining the experience. Like there's some crazy shit that happens, but it's always preceded by this like dramatic score that's coming to a crescendo. So it ruins the surprise of everything in the movie. Yeah, that's that's it helps to build the drama. Obviously, like, you know, we could talk about like Jaws. It's like one of the most famous scores ever. And it it totally builds and and you get into the movie that way. But sometimes you got to go easy. You know, I prefer almost dead silence sometimes. Then things are really surprising. Yeah, I'm torn on that one because sometimes I really like it. But then sometimes it gives a little bit away and I don't like it. Scoring movies not easy. No, That's, that's the thing. It's an art. It really is. So that's it. Okay. All right. My number two, and I'd say my number two and one are the ones that really get me. I really am bothered by by like poorly filmed fight scenes. Like you don't like shaky cam? I don't love shaky cam, but also just like when, when I can't actually decipher what is happening at all in the fight. So it's like there are so many great fight sequences in films and a lot of the great action movies, you know, have very well choreographed scenes that are shot in a way where you can actually experience what's happening. Yeah. In a lot of generic action films, you're just looking at, I mean, yeah, shaky cam, but also just so many jump cuts where like you're not even seeing what's going on. You just know that people are fighting and that just really pisses me off. Agreed. You've you've got to zoom out. I want to see that whole thing. Yes. Happen. Totally agree. Actually, my number two is also related to fight scenes. Ooh. And you've seen this a million times, but we're having a fight scene. Our hero is in a tussle with some sort of bad guy. Usually not like the main bad guy, just like some random cronies. They go to the ground. Of course, in action movies, they never know how to fight on the ground, right? And now it's a little bit different, but like you know, in our day, nobody like knew jujitsu or any shit like that. But our hero gets a bad guy in a chokehold. The guy passes out. But wait, the guy's actually dead. 
every time they choke someone out, they're immediately dead. They just never get up again. What is that about? I don't know. It, and there's actually there's a, there's kind of a two parter. I didn't even mean to say this, but I just realized it now. There's also like the reverse that happens that when they punch people, they're just knocked out forever, like hours. Like that's just not how it works at all. <laughs> Who's letting this happen? I don't understand. And big credit for Lethal Weapon. That's like the very end of Lethal Weapon. He chokes him out with a triangle choke, and then like he passes out, and then he lets go, and it's understood that he was being merciful because that's like how it actually works. So, I guess shout out Mel Gibson. It's not what I. <laughs> yeah. What is that? I don't know. It's a, it's a strange thing. Very it's a strange thing that we let pass. And and again, now there's a lot more like grappling stuff. Well, frankly, they're just like putting UFC people in movies. But like mm-hmm. e- even in like you know karate films, there's a lot more ground stuff. But boy, in the 80s and 90s, submissions were just not a thing. No. Number one, your wow. number one movie pet peeve. Wow. So my number one movie pet peeve, which is only something that happens in sequels, is when a sequel is made, typically with quite a lot of time passing, but it happens in just regular sequels that happen a few years later too. I cannot stand when a character, an actor I should say, plays their character differently in a sequel where no, not because they've grown or something as a character, they've changed, but essentially when a character has become somewhat iconic or whatever, it's almost like they take it to a cartoonish level where I'm watching the actor do like an impression of the character and it absolutely kills me. So is this all about Hobbs? Is this a Fast and Furious thing? <laughs> that is definitely one person that I'm shouting out, which is, yes, so The Rock playing Hobbs in the Fast and Furious films. Hobbs and Shaw, he just plays a different character. Not the same Not the same guy. It's like a caricature of the real Hobbs. Now, another massive offender, one of my favorite comedies, I mean, my favorite comedy, I should say, of all time, Dumb and Dumber, In the long-awaited sequel, Jim Carrey plays Lloyd so just, I I don't understand. It's like in the first one, he's this lovable goof that's really stupid, but it's like there's there's an innocence to it. And in the sequel, it's like he's playing it to a 10 where it's just silly to a degree of just it's just not and and i see this happen in sequels i'm trying to think of a couple others that took a while to get made but it happens you know way more than it should i don't understand why these people can't just play oh you know what another one is american wedding stifler he oh right he plays it Again, to a level in one and two, of course, Stifler's ridiculous. He's over the top. But in three, it's like he sort of adopts this like almost this different voice. And it's like it's just so over the top. And like, again, like almost like the original character was elevated to like almost a cartoon character. 
I just I can't stand when that happens in sequels. This also happens in sitcoms sometimes. Characters just become like one trope. Like yes. as the show progresses, it's very frustrating. Yes. I love that. That's that's a good one. That is definitely a good one. Thank you. Um, well, mine is films not being in the correct language. Oh my god! Uh, and I will just add to that since we've already hit it that, like, if I know a film was made, like, I, I just can't. So, I, the only reason I'm saying it like this is because there's a lot of films, like Italian films from the 70s and 80s, that are dubbed. Like that's just how they're made. That's mm-hmm. just how they did it. Everybody spoke different languages, and they just dubbed it, and like that's fine. But if there's a film that I know is meant to be in a certain language and I'm like on, on TV or whatever, and it's just the dubbed version or like on Netflix, sometimes it will like auto you into the dubbed version. It just drives me fucking nuts. Oh. I know I want to watch the film in the language it was intended. A hundred percent. Oh, I'll never watch a dubbed film. I can't do that. Yes. It's just, it's just awful. No, no, that's, it's just awful. What a, what a fucking fantastic number one. Wow. I cannot even believe that we had an overlap. There. No, that, that fucked me up. That fucked me up. Wow. Okay. So we got through one list. Let's, your, your choice. Where a lot of, you know, we're talking about shit we didn't like in that one. So let's, yeah. let's talk about shit we like in this next Agreed. list. So before we get into our own episodes, I'm saying let's go top five film subgenres. Okay. Yes. Excellent. So you got to kick us off at five here. Okay. Yeah. And I will just say that we kind of agreed, you know, there are some on my list, there's some defined subgenres and then there's some, you know, some sillier stuff as well. So we really wanted to get at the root of some of the types of films that we just love. Yes. My number five is you could hear called different things, but it's like, I would, I'm just going to say very gory horror and i'm going to give a, a qualifier here which is that what i love in, in all films but it shows up in horror films let's say the most is awesome you know in camera practical effects i think it's so cool i love like the way they make like monster masks and stuff like that i just think it's awesome to like see how that has developed over the years um so films like well, we've talked about brain dead on the pod before, but like evil dead, like that stuff where you just see how crazy people can get with it. Uh, I think it's fucking great. I love it. And as we all know, Mike is a massive fan of horror. So curious if there will be some more on the list. We'll find out soon. Um, Great. Number five, my number five, indie dramedies. Ooh, great pick. Thank you. I just fucking love these films. It's, I feel like they're honestly a somewhat more recent part of film history. I mean, there are indies throughout the decades, but I feel like, for instance, the 2010s just had an influx of these low budget, uh, you know, movies that had a limited release in the States and who knows if they even got released overseas at first. Of these just dramedies that that are, I don't know, they they just hit me the right way. Some examples would be like Safety Not Guaranteed, mm. um, Your Sister's Sister, speaking, shout out Mark Duplass in both of those, Celeste and Jesse Forever. Uh, Mike, you got any others on the mind? 
Uh, no, it's funny though. My mind immediately went to Duplass. So like maybe he's just Exa- dominating. He's sort of one of the kings of this, whether he's directing the film or starring in it. And yeah, yeah he's, I mean, I love Mark Duplass and they, every single one almost that I see, I have a good time and I feel, I feel better after watching them. Yeah. Okay. I think that's great. Thank you. Um, my number four is, is very specific. And it's going to sound bad. I, I just realized now that this is going to sound oh, like terrible. But, it, but it's, I really am deeply affected by films set in the Great Depression. So okay. We've, okay. we've talked about Cinderella Man on the pod. I've done Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That might have been on our pod that never got put out. I can't remember, honestly. But uh, Grapes of Wrath, Emperor of the North, Modern Times, Paper... There's so many. And, and basically... I read The Grapes of Wrath when I was like 12 for like school. And it's the first time I ever really meant like, like I was ever affected by like a book I had to read for school. And it just, it just like floored me. And since then I've always just been like obsessed with people's stories uh, during that time. And they just particularly get to me uh, more than, than almost any other film. Wow. That's such a mic pick. And I love it. I realize it's going to sound depressing, but. You know, I've already said that when I can put on Cinderella Man and just cry several times throughout the movie. Yeah, this is my go-to cry category. I still need to watch Cinderella Man. It's it is on my list of catch-ups, which will come out eventually on our Patreon. That's true. That's Um, true. All right, number four. All right, my number four are whodunit movies. So, sort of whodunit mysteries, thrillers. I fucking live for this shit. As you know, Mike and I love true crime. And this sort of plays into all that. I like having to figure out who committed a crime in a film. Whether it's, and I'm not even saying I love all these movies, but I'm just going to shout out movies that are like this. You've got like, like Knives Out, which was recent, like Murder on the Orient Express, Clue, you know, stuff like The Usual Suspects or... What what else do we got out there, Mike? I'm trying to think of some other examples. There's so many. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's I don't know a ton of Holmes type stuff. There's other Agatha Christie stuff, right? Like Death on the Nile. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Then you've even got stuff, you know, stuff like Prisoners or, uh, you know, or Seven. That it's just I love these mystery type thriller films where you're trying to figure out either who did it out of a pool of people or did he do it or did he not do it? Like it's, I just, I love anything involved with that. Who done it? Okay, great. Great. I love that. My number three is self-contained thrillers, specifically those involving transport. Ooh. So speed air force one. Well, snakes on a plane. We've talked about oh. even like, Dude, what a great fucking pick! Taking of Pelham one, two, three—they're not even really moving, but they're still in the train. I just—I love those movies. Even like nonstop. I just watched nonstop the other day. Not a great film. I'd still watch it again. I don't care. Dude, wow! Train to Busan. Oh yes, great pick, dude. Dude, wow! I'm actually sort of sad that this wasn't on my list. This would definitely be in my honorables. Such a fun subgenre. Oh my god, such an incredible subgenre. All right. Well, my number three is not near not like as exciting, but like a very great subgenre that I love dearly. 
and that would be raunchy R-rated comedies. That is true. You do love those. I do. And there's there's not many films that bring me more joy than a good raunchy comedy. You know, whether it, a lot of the Apatow sort of, if we want to zone in, we'll say that sort of the Apatow era. But I just, I love them. Super bad for getting Sarah Marshall, Knocked Up, 40-Year-Old Virgin, Wedding Crashers. They're just, they're unbelievable. And they, if we're in the comedy zone, those are the ones I want to watch. Yeah, I actually kind of thought about like, like 2000s to 2008 sort of broad comedies. Mm-hmm. That's one of my picks. That's just, it's just such a golden time. And of course, it has something to do with us growing up in that time, I'm sure. Um, but I really do think they're just absolutely incredible. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. My number two, uh, you know, it's a very well-defined sort of subgenre, and that is heist films. I knew this was going to be on your list. I just fucking love heist films. I know you I do. We could list them forever. Obviously, you know, Point Break, of course. Oh. But even like slightly lesser movies like The Italian Job, still love it. Uh, you know, and there's there's all there's so many different ways you could go. Like Ocean's Eleven, film. Ocean's. I mean, Reservoir Dogs is a heist film. Even Jackie Brown is a heist film. True. God damn, I, mean, I didn't realize could, how much I love heist films till right. Could now. go on forever, and it's just yeah, just the cleverness of watching them pull it off, and you're also like. 10 out of 10, you're always, always rooting for the criminals to succeed in robbing whatever they're doing, which is not something you get to do in most films. And they're just so much fun. They're just so fun. I'm like, that that pick just fucked me up. Because like, I always think of a few movies when I think of heist films. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. We got Point Break. We got the Oceans movies. We've got some of my favorite movies ever. I love heist films too. Great pick. You've got some great ones, so I, I can't fault you for not picking it. But yeah, just a time-honored genre. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. My number two is a bit of a made-up subgenre, but yes, one that uh, one that I know Mike will appreciate, and that is 90s blockbusters. Oh, nice. Okay. When I think, like truly, if you throw me a 90s blockbuster, I'll fucking watch it. I love them all. Maybe there's a couple that are just okay. But there are so many fucking legendary 90s blockbusters. When I say they just don't make them like that anymore, I am referencing typically a 90s type of blockbuster. You've got Jurassic Park. You've got The Lion King. You've got T2. You've got Titanic. You've got, I mean, I could go on and on. Independence Day. You've got Independence Day. You've got fucking Armageddon. You've got, you know, now I'm just going to disaster films. But it is just unbelievable. Just unfucking real the quality of blockbusters, which have quite frankly declined heavily in quality over the years. And while I still go and they're still fucking fun as hell, the majority of them ain't classics. And it's just, I mean, speaking of blockbusters that you just brought up, Speed. Speed. Yeah. Fucking unbelievable. Say. Incredible. Like, Incredible. it's just, yeah, all those ones. What, what, Con Air? Like, uh, fuck. There's so many good ones, yeah. dude. But 90s blockbusters, just give, give, give them to me forever. Can't go wrong there. I mean, you can, but like you can't at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, my number one 
So much fun. Even more fun than heist films. That is Animal Attack film. <laughs> oh my god, yes, yes, Mike loves I just <laughs> can't get enough of them. I don't care what it is. It could be bears, it could be snakes, dogs, rats. I don't give a fuck. Zombievers. Zombievers. So, I, I mean, why not? Why not? Why not? Black sheep, you get sheep, zombie type things. Just anything. They're just so fun. And I think what's so fun about them, I think it's two things, is one, if you're watching like Halloween, okay, I've never been like chased by someone with like, who's like a supernatural being with a gigantic knife, right? So there's like a certain amount of disassociation, but animals are so real and we interact with them, which I think gives it a, a great like sort of tangible quality. But two, they're not like, obviously Michael Myers is a bad person, but like when a snake attacks somebody it's not like a bad snake it's just an animal it's just doing its own thing so you don't even really have to feel bad that you're kind of rooting for them to die and it just gives you that approval to just watch people uh, get attacked by piranhas or whatever and it's just fantastic it's just the best even the worst are the best incredible i should have seen this coming and just wow amazing so number one I'm actually deciding my number one right now on the, oh pod. On the fucking pod. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's unreal. All right, fucking, I'm sticking to the script. I'm sticking to the script because it feels right. And I'll tell you what the other, the other ones I was thinking about were right after. So my number one, and if you're my brother, Dylan Cohen, shout out. Shout out multiple multiple time guest of the pod. I know you agree with me right here, bro. Coming of age films. Mike, you know how much I love these. Yeah. And I love them as well. Oh, I mean, they're just the best. They just, if I'm like alone and I put on a movie and I want to feel the feels inside of me, I put on one of these. It's just, they typically at times make me laugh at times make me cry at times make me sad or happy, but they all give me that magic of being alive. And I just think they're a beautiful, beautiful subgenre, whether it's, you know, I can throw some out, whether it's the perks of being a wallflower, boyhood, the way, way back, Sing Street, Kings of Summer. I mean, I'm throwing out some, a lot of newer age ones, but I mean, coming of age films have been coming out for a long time and, and typically deal with teenagers, but sometimes a coming of age could be someone older. That's just, you know, maybe learning to live again somehow, but it, uh, they're just beautiful. I think they're incredible and it's very rare for me to dislike a coming of age film. Very rare. Yeah. I mean, no, no argument for me. That's, that's a great pick. We both love it. And I'm sure we'll continue to talk about those types of movies on the pod. They always pop up. They always do. And you know what, Mike? For this one, we're going to have to give a few honorable mentions. I got, I got to get off my chest a couple of the other things I was thinking about. All right. Give me a couple of quick hits. All right. Quick ones. So one, I'm going to go thought-provoking epics, which, you know, it could be... It's something that you can't stop thinking about after, whether it's... Uh, you know, 2001, Cloud Atlas, even something like The Matrix or like, 
you know, this movie isn't even necessarily a movie I like that much, but like something like the tree of life where I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? And I have to think after. And one last one I'll give with that vanilla sky. That movie just made me think about fucking life for days after. So I love those. Also, of course, we've we both know how much we both love this genre, subgenre, but over the top action films, fucking slasher films. I want to give a shout out to found footage and one last one, hard sci-fi. Now, do you know what that means, Mike? No. So hard sci-fi, I actually just figured out this was the term for this type of movie, but hard sci-fi is sci-fi where either like what's actually happening in the film is sort of backed up by scientific facts or a sci-fi that could truly happen in the, like that you truly can envision being like the somewhat near future. Yeah, near future. Okay, so right. it's like a movie like Her, which is like one of my favorite movies. Oh, right. So I love those movies. I love all those like Her, Ex Machina, shit like that. I think they're they're really good. Okay. Uh, so, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go quick. I'll give a couple. So, defined genres, I would say, it would be film noir, big fan, um, prison films, you know, either taking place in a prison or getting out of a prison. Mm-hmm. Love that. And the last one, I've texted this to you, but I feel like I should just add it here, is films set in small seaside towns. Oh my god, yes, yes, yes. Plus plus points if those towns are in New England. Oh my god. Plus points if those towns involve fishing. So like the perfect storm is like the, the ultimate setup of a movie for me, which sadly doesn't deliver, but like I just love anything in small fishing towns. I have no idea why. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Um what are okay. we doing next? Well, let's uh it's time to reminisce. Yes. You know, let's think back. Fifty episodes in. Let's go to our favorite picks. Ooh, okay. Favorite picks by anyone across any episode. Okay. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Ooh, this one was really hard for me. So I think I'm just going to jump into it. There's going to be a couple honorables at the end. My number five from... The sequel's better than the original episode is Mike's pick of Universal Soldier 6. Yes. I'm glad it made the favorite picks. I mean, this was just for all... We know that Mike likes to get these deep cuts. We know that he likes to be out there, whether it's a very a much older film, whether it's just an insane horror film, whether it's something very niche... And when he dropped Universal Soldier 6, I don't know if I knew there was more than one Universal Soldier. I think I knew there was two. <laughs> I just lost it so much. And like also, I love these sort of ridiculous action movies. And I'm not even saying it's one of my favorite picks because I necessarily thought the movie was all that. I did think it was solid for what it was, but it was just the epitome of what I love about Mike's picks. And it's just, I, I had to, I had to drop this one. So I actually have universal soldier six in my honorables. I wasn't going to pick it because it was my own pick, (laughs) but yeah, like the reaction was so much fun that I I did appreciate the pick. 
Amazing. Yeah. And, and for everyone listening, so top five favorite picks, we're doing our favorite picks of other people. So whether it's if for me, whether yeah. it's Mike or a guest and for him, whether it's me or a guest, that's how we're doing this. Of course, we have a few picks we love of our own, which maybe we'll drop in the honorables. And I don't know if you did this, but just to clarify, I have, whether it was an f- official pick or an honorable, I think I've considered them the same. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I like didn't as closely pay attention to honorables because I was re-listening to a lot of episodes, but I think that's totally fair game. Okay, schwick. Schwick. Um, all right, back to it. My number five, right? Yes. All right, we are going to True Crime. Oh, yes. So you know it's one of your picks, and it is, I think, your number one pick, which is the case of the Springfield Three. Ah. Oh. You meant. I mean, I'd always like known of this case because it's you know it's quite old now, um, and it's it's pretty famous. And then I just so we both just went on vacation, and mine involved quite a bit of driving. And so I just listened to like the eight episodes Springfield Three podcast, and now I'm I'm totally obsessed. Oh my god! I, yes. I, I I truly feel like I can solve it, and it might just be what I devote all my time to. Do we have to go to Springfield, Missouri? Do we just go and try to figure this out? I would be willing. I feel like they probably have so many people that have come there that they'll like hate us. But so do like, you maybe think? Not, like but... I feel like they've had. Okay, it's it's pretty notorious. So there's definitely been people yeah. that's come. Yeah. But so little information has come out in a long time. Yeah. I feel like someone's got to break down these these walls, and maybe it could be us. What is up with that stolen van? Could it possibly be a coincidence that someone stole a van and then other people saw a van? I mean, no. <sighs> no, I don't think so. And <sighs> just like that recollection of the, of the older lady seeing the van drive yes. by, I mean, it, it haunts me. Like, that was it. Like, that was them. No, now it's just gone. I mean, it really. God damn it! I'm already fired up again. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm so in now. I'm just so fucking in. I'm, and the thing yeah. is, though, that there's so many other people that are in that it assumes that every, like everything I'm thinking of, I'm sure has already been investigated like a thousand times. But maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. I did listen to. I'll save this for the Patreon. But I did just listen to another podcast that. Like at the, during the pod, the case was solved, and it's a great story. Whoa, okay, yeah, we got to talk about that on the Patreon. I, I'm very curious about this. Oh wow, honor that you picked that, and also very pumped up because that's like my white whale case. I I need to know the fucking resolution one day. Absolutely. Um. Okay. Number four. All right. Number four. I and and I want to. By the way, I just want to say. I could have fucking only chosen your picks, Mike, because there's so many. I realized there's so many picks of yours that I like and I love all our guests picks. But you just have such a way of like (laughs) what you pick in in relation to mine that makes them very interesting for me and hopefully vice versa. But like uh, but I wanted to mix it up. I wanted to get some guests in here. So anyhow, number four. Movies that make us cry episode with Rory. I forget which number this was on his list. I want to say it might've been two, but October sky, which I just recently watched this movie because of this episode that we did with roar. And it 
I'm obsessed with it. I can't stop talking about it. And I just love the pick so much because I'd say of every of every movie that's been talked about on the pod that's been recommended through either you or a guest, October Sky might be the one, at least at this moment, that is the most present in my mind and, and been the most impactful on me. It's just, there's been so many good recommendations, but this one hit so many fucking heartstrings of mine and did indeed make me cry three times. So I love it. And Rory, thank you for picking it because it's now a movie I will recommend to everyone myself. Um, all right, great pick. I uh, I have one more from you at number four and then I'm guests from there. Oh, wow. Okay. So my number four actually comes from Theater Experiences. Ooh. And it is... From the honorables, where you were talking about a theater experience where actually like something really weird and creepy happened, and it wasn't at all one of your best theater oh experiences. God, yes. yes. <laughs> I don't even can, I don't even remember the story. Like something what, what I'll, happened? I'll tell like, the story. So you the say theater. the movie and I'll tell the story. I don't even remember. Wasn't it Blue Crush? Yes, Blue Crush. Yes. Yes. I, I was gonna say, I thought maybe you didn't even say it on the pod, but you're uh, right. It's Blue Crush. No, I did. So what happened was oh my god, I love that this is on there. What a deep cut. So when I forget what age I was when Blue Crush came out, I had to be probably maybe 12 or 13. Yeah, it sounds like a 2001 movie. Yeah, it's you know what? It's 2002. I'm looking it up right now. So yeah, so I was 12 or 13 and I went with my brother and my mom to the theater. My brother's younger than me, Dylan, a few years younger. So he must have been uh, like nine or 10. And they went to go see another movie. I was like... I don't really want to see that. I'm going to go see Blue Crush. I'm going to go see, you know, Kate Bosworth and Michelle Rodriguez in bikinis surfing in, in Hawaii. So, bad look. you know, how can you blame me? So I go into the theater. It's the middle of the day and there's not one person in the theater. So I sit alone. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Theater to myself. And maybe about, I don't know how far into the movie, but but a decent bit in, let's say 30 minutes. This guy walks in and the way the theater was set up, it wasn't like exactly stadium seating like it is everywhere today. It was like it was inclined seating, but like a very like slight incline. So when you walked in, depending, I mean, it was dark in there, but if you looked to your side, you'd probably see me. So this guy walks in and he's just doesn't look around at all. He just walks in maybe like 10, 15 feet into the theater and he's standing there and he, he looked, let me just put it this way. Sometimes you just get a bad feeling. I had a bad feeling. This just seemed like a strange guy. He stood there for maybe 10 to 15 full minutes. And after like a couple of minutes and I sort of just see him standing there and like I don't know, like, yeah, sometimes people walk into the theater and do that for a couple minutes, but this was like an extended trip and he just, I don't know, there was something about it that was off. And I like sunk down in my seat. I was like, oh, I hope this guy gets the fuck out of here. And he eventually left, but it spooked me, spooked me, stayed with me all these years. And the key is that it absolutely was not one of your best theater experiences. No, it was the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Worth a mention anyway. That just cracks me up. Uh, what, uh, what's your number three? My number three, actually, funny enough, also comes from movie theater experiences. 
Oh. It's a Dylan Cohen pick. Shout out to Dylan. And that is Project X. I just loved this pick so much because I had completely forgotten about this. And it is absolutely one of my absolute all-time favorite theater experiences as well. And Dylan just bringing back up the memory. Such a good time. Me, him, our other dear friend, David Kramer, who was on the Blink Miss episode, just brought fucking Keystones into like the most prestigious movie theater in Los Angeles, the, the, the Cinerama Dome. And just like in the middle of the fucking day, we're just drinking Keystone Lights while watching Project X in the Dome, which, again, if you know the Dome, you've been there. It's the funniest concept in hindsight that we somehow were able to get away with these just open can beers the entire movie. We just kept opening them up from a backpack and cracking them throughout, just getting fucked up. It was incredible. But I, I loved that pick from him. That was just... It awoke it awoke an epic memory in me. Yeah, that that does sound great. And I, I don't even think I saw Project X in theaters, but that's a it's a great fucking doesn't movie. Doesn't get a lot of love that movie. Underrated so, in my opinion. Yeah, Very glad that we get to talk about it here. Um okay, my number three is Oscar Snubs. Ooh. This is a Rory pick. Ooh. It's an honorable. And that is when Rory <laughs> was very upset that the deer hunter yes. was snubbed. For not winning Best Picture. Oh However, it absolutely did win Best Picture. <laughs> this one was fucking amazing. Fucking Dude, amazing. I was both like, wait, no, it did win. Yeah, wait, no, no, that that won. Oh, God. Oh. Wow, I love that you chose that because that was one of my favorite moments of the pod. Amazing. Um, my number two. I cheated a bit. You're going to love this cheat, Mike. Every Mike pick in the Christmas episode. Oh, wow. You, you flatterer. I just can't even believe it. I mean, can you, are you kidding me? Like, Alex and I just go classic Christmas. Mike just decides, I don't, I don't fucking like Christmas. I'm just going to pick 10 horror, 10 Christmas horror films. It was unbelievable. The amount of just like foreign films, and I love foreign films, and deep cuts and and a couple classics of, you know, the American scene that, you know, one I had seen, a couple I hadn't, and I ended up watching. Mike knows I love Christmas. I also, like him, love horror. This was just so up my alley, and it was so out there and such a Mike thing that I, I just loved it so much. And it's like one of my favorite things we've done on the pod. Wow. I just can't even believe it. Oh, my God. What, amazing. Yes. And... My number two is also a bit of a cheat. Ooh. And I actually thought this is what you were going to say when you started your number two, and I almost lost it. Because my number two is every Gerard Butler movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> this is on my – I wanted to squeeze this in. I was like, I'm doing too much cheating. But yeah. amazing. Oh, my God. Big shout out to Ian, a.k.a. Dr. Action here. Incredible, incredible pick. Incredible picks. It is from the over the top action movies episode for everyone wondering. Yeah, the collective Gerard Butler films. Absolutely amazing pick by Ian. Wow. It's number one time, baby. Damn. I guess it's just Cheat City because I have a slight cheat, but it's not really a cheat. Let's do it. It's from the Cameos episode with Ooh. the one and only Coach Adam, aka Adam Levine, 
it is all of us choosing Matt Damon from Eurotrip. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. Oh, I mean, it is the undisputed greatest cameo of all time. You and I both had it at number one. Adam added at number two. And what really just made this for me is when you're listening to the episode, Adam has it at number two. I believe I don't say that I have it at number one right away. And then I reveal I have it at number one. And you then don't reveal that you also have it at number one. <laughs> and then you reveal that you have it at number one. And it's just the most hilarious sequence. And we all like freak out. And I mean, it is the greatest cameo of all time. Scotty doesn't know is big in our friend group. And it's, uh, and I'm sure a lot of friend groups. So it's, uh, that was, that was my favorite pick. It, it really still is the greatest cameo. And yeah, that was, we've never had anything quite like that. So that was just a great moment. Yes. Well, my number one, listeners of the pod may, may be able to guess what this is because I've talked about it several times. It just, honestly, going into this, I had that number two, but I had to switch it. I couldn't do it. I had to had to have a number one. Oh, baby. And I can't even remember at this point if it was an official pick. I tried to go back and listen, but I couldn't find it. But that is the Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn classic Overboard. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. It's just so fucking good. <laughs> Alex is going to lose it. I've probably seen it like three times since we talked. We you, you, you and her need to start a fucking fan club over the movie. And then I, we, I don't think we ever ended up talking about it, but then it be, there's like a moment about Overboard in Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard which was our spotlight, you know, about six weeks ago. And Justin could confirm, but like I immediately, I saw the movie first and I immediately had to talk to Justin. I was like, there's like a moment. You just, you're not even going to believe it. And I just, man, I have just, I I almost want to watch the remake now, even though I know it's going to be terrible, just so that I could have more overboard content. You should just, just to, just to get more content. It's, and by the way, this was, this was, on Alex, it was on Alex's list top five rom coms. I could be wrong, but I believe it was our number two. It was wow. our number two. Wow, this is a ringing endorsement that I know I'm not going to hear the end of. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Mike loves Overboard. He's obsessed. Um, I mean, I really Kurt Russell do. and Goldie Hawn, one of the greatest celebrity couples of all time. How can we facts? How can we uh knock that? So, amazing lists and. Yeah, this this one warrants a few honorables. I'm just going to shout a couple out real quick, and they're not going to be my own. We can maybe do that very quickly at the end. But, okay, Desert Island Movies, your pick of Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Oh, nice. Incredible pick. Can I actually step in because I have a Desert Island one too? Absolutely. Your pick of Die Hard. Besides being extremely watchable, the fact that you snuck a Christmas movie in there, very, very clever. Love You, Schwartian. Thank you. Um, speaking of Desert Islands, another one I have is from the albums episode, your number one pick of 40 Ounce to Freedom by Sublime. Ooh, thank you. Just just an incredible pick that I, I loved and I, I'd consider for my own list, honestly. Uh, I've also, I really loved, again, I'm giving you a lot of props here, but two more picks from you. I loved your Total Eclipse of the Heart, the, the Dan Band cover Ooh, in old school, yes. Songs and Movies. And I really loved, because of the hilarious moment it provided us, your pick of Deep Blue Sea in the speeches episode with Zach. Where, yeah, Deep Blue Sea? 
Uh, just an incredible moment. And uh, and I loved how Yumi and Pass all had Waterboy on our oh, yes, football list. I forgot list. about that. Fucking Waterboy. Fucking Waterboy. You did have uh, replacements number one, right? I did indeed. Such a bold pick. Thank you. Such a bold Thank pick. You. A, uh, I loved your pick of speed for the driving episode because it, it made me rewatch it and realize like, wow, this is one of the best action movies of the fucking 90s. And I loved Kosha's pick of D2 Mighty Ducks for sequels better than the OG because I fully agree. And I last but not least loved your fucking pick Breaking Bad Half Measures for TV cliffhangers because obviously it was on my list as well. And it's just one of the greatest moments in TV history. Wow. Well, what a a great list of honorables and and so many of mine. I just can't even believe it. Wow. Um, I actually have just one more honorable I want to drop, but it's going to be like a bunch of picks. So okay. before I before I jump in, I'm going to take a one minute aside to just tell you I went to the movies yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. And at the theater over by me, everyone has like a name tag and they have to have their favorite movie on there. Oh, my God. And there's this guy there. I've seen him a few times now, but it's like it strikes me every time, like to the point where I'm like literally taken aback. Because his favorite movie of all time is Troy. What? It's such a such a hot take. <laughs> what? We have to like get this guy on the pod. This is the hottest take of all time. His favorite movie is Troy. No. I remember how excited I was for that to come out and then it being like, eh, it was it was okay. It's just super all right. Exactly. It's, it's very yeah. just okay. Yeah. So shout out to that guy. That's shout out. first first honor. <laughs> Troy is your favorite pick of all time. Okay, so my my honorable is just the an absolutely insane collection of childhood movies, many of which <laughs> I had never heard of. So I've just I've got a couple here, and these are I think were all honorables: oh. Slappy and the Stinkers, <laughs> Milk Money, of course, Trading Mom, which I later watched and uh, is on our Patreon. Drop Dead Fred, Great Panda Adventure. That was one of yours. <laughs> that was one of mine. Bushwhacked, which is one of yours, but has been further endorsed by Coach. So I will absolutely get to that. Yes. Tower of Terror. Did not know that was a film. And Undercover Blues. Yes. Yes. So many titles I've never even heard of. <laughs> I'm just going to have to watch Great Panda Adventure. I just if, can't watch it. If you guys did not know, in our childhood movies episode, we listed, Alex and I listed so many honorables that we ended up with over 100 movies mentioned in the episode. Unbelievable. Yeah. Incredible. That, that's it. That's my honorables. Amazing. I'd say, yeah, that's that's really it. There were a couple of my own picks that I liked that, I mean, I guess that's just stroking our own fucking egos, but I, I just want to say I really liked that I was able to sneak rudderless into movie twists because that's one of oh, my nice. favorite yeah. underrated movies. And I got to say, when I picked Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 78 version for <laughs> Alien movies, and I literally was not able to finish the movie for my first time, but I just loved it that much that it was like, I think it was like my number like three or two movie. And I fully stand behind it, but I just fucking love that I did it and then finished it after and was like, oh, it was an epic ending. It was very worth it. And I was just so offended that you would even pick that movie over the what the fifty uh, six I think fifty yeah six. yeah in front of me but this fucking guy he likes the fifty six or four or whatever version oh more. man favorite anywho picks. Yeah. favorite picks what a fucking what a great that was that was a nice trip down memory lane right there 
this is my choice now on next topic. Yep. Topic number four. Okay. Next topic, fourth topic, we're going to do top five missed picks. So what we mean by this is throughout all the episodes, maybe something dawned on us that we wish we had either included on our actual top five lists for an episode or at the very least, like an honorable that we really wanted to talk about. And it, and it, and it could even be just something that was on your honorables that you wish in hindsight you would put on your top five. We're being loose with the definition. So here we go. Mike, what's your number five? My number five, we are going to Oscar Best Picture Stubs. Wow. And this is the... Uh, I'm honestly laughing just because I'm remembering how much we like couldn't keep it straight when we were doing the episode. <laughs> These are movies from 1976. So the Oscars would be 77. Okay. Whatever whatever number that is. So the, the winner that year was Rocky. Okay. And I am coming for Rocky. Come for it, baby. It's, it's just all right. And the correct choice would have been Network, the Sidney Lumet film. Ooh. Which is fucking great. I don't even know how I missed this. I, I should have absolutely considered it. Because I'm really like Rocky's totally fine, but like I'm just not a huge fan. Agreed. Um and and this movie is such a such a fucking great movie, an incredible screenplay. And it just gets better every year because like, you know, like Truman Show, it's one of those things that's like it's satire, but the world has already surpassed what this satire could even imagine. You know, in what in terms of what uh, sort of news has become, so an incredible film that just gets better every year. Wow, what a pick! And I mean, this is a bit of a lead-in for next week's episode that we got coming up, episode fifty-one, because this is a movie that I have always meant to watch and never seen. And spoiler alert: it's not going to be on my list next week. But next week we are going to be doing another installment of top five movies we hadn't seen, which are films that you'd expect someone to have seen that is into film that somehow one of us has not seen before. And it'll end up becoming an an exclusive Patreon series, but we're going to do one more out there for everyone. And we have a very special guest, very excited about it. But uh, That'll be next week, but but Network will eventually be one of the films I watch on one of the future episodes. So I'm very excited to hear how how high regard you hold it. It's, it's so good. I think you'll love it. I mean, the writing is incredible, and there's just so many good performances. Just in terms of like craft of the film, it's so much higher than Rocky. Let's put it that way. It's just so much better. Oh, my God. I, I actually agree that I don't think Rocky's like all that. Um, so we're in agreement on something. All right. My number five is a movie that Casey Byron shouted out on our top five alien movies episode that in hindsight, I I almost wish I put in my top five and I think about it sometimes. So I have to bring it up here. And that is Dude, Where's My Car? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Someone should have had that. Agreed. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like, do you have the continuum transfunctional? There's too many lines, dude. Shibby. Shibby. <laughs> and Darren. Um, so, so fucking good. It's so good. And so 
Yeah, it should have been there. So it was a missed pick. So my number four, I am going to true crime. And I'm, I'm not going to present this case in nearly as much detail as we did there. I'll just give just sort of very briefly. But this case, I don't even know why I didn't bring it up in that episode because it's probably the one that drives me the most nuts. And that is the disappearance of Dior Coons Jr. Ooh, interesting. Who is a two-year-old that disappeared uh, in Idaho in 2015. And basically... The reason that this drives me nuts to this fucking day is that he was at a campground with four adults and their story is essentially that he just disappeared. And all of these four adults on one occasion or another have raised suspicions like with people on the internet and police because all of them seem guilty in some way. And they hired a private investigator and that private investigator, like the family hired a private investigator, and he was like, oh, it's definitely this family. Like, they definitely are not telling the truth. Like, this is super fucked up. So oh. it's not like he was abducted by someone else. It's almost entirely ruled out. Like, basically, this family is just sort of like, someone knows something, and, and they haven't been charged. And they're just, like, getting away with it. And it's just fucking terrible. And I just want to see this. And it drives me nuts. Oh. Every update is more frustrating than the last. It kills me. I just want to go down a true crime rabbit hole now with you. Check it out. Look it up. Holy but so shit. sad. But also, hopefully someday, justice. I pray. I'm going to look this up as soon as we get off the pod. My number four comes from the Movies That Make Us Cry episode. And if you are a Patreon subscriber you'll know that in our recent catch-up episode, I put the movie October Sky on there. And man, I know that I hadn't seen it, which is me going a little off script because every other movie I'd seen and just sort of wished I'd put it on. But after seeing it, holy fuck, I wish it was on my list. It is, I mean, it made me cry like three times. It's an incredible movie. Still not seen that one, but I'm definitely going to have to get around you to it. You really do. It's just so good. Okay. My number three is for songs in movies. Ooh, okay. And that is Sweet Child of Mine in Step Brothers. Wow. Can I make your mispick my mispick now? <laughs> I don't know how we missed it. Holy shit. I don't know how shit. we missed it. Such a fucking funny scene with Catherine Hahn and Adam Scott just singing it in the car. And it's for a song that I like a lot and a band I like a lot and an album I love. It is totally taken over. I cannot hear Sweet Child of Mine without thinking of that car scene. Just fucking hilarious. Holy shit, what a pick. Incredible, incredible, incredible. All right, my number three is from our movie theater experiences episode with Dylan. And... It is a movie that, in hindsight, I truly actually regret not being in my top five, and that is Avengers Endgame, which was very high up on my brother's list. And just, I think it was a mispick on my, on my side, because even though it was an honorable, everything he said about why it was so epic is true, and it really was one of the greatest movie theater experiences of my life, and I wish it was on there. It was the World Series in there. It's the fucking World Series in there. Well, great segue. 
because my number two is uh, from, well, it's a baseball movie, but it's not, I mean, that's why I thought of it, but it's not for that episode. It's actually uh, musicians in films. And that is Madonna in A League of Their Own. Wow. Which I think is just kind of an average film. Yeah, Sorry, anybody that loves it, but... Madonna's so great. She's just sort of like the loose, more like one that's just like going around like fucking everybody. And she's like one of only two likable characters in the entire film. And she and, is. And you're she, right. She's very good in it. She's really good. She does a great job in her role. Yeah. She's super like charming when you see her. And then she just like, yeah, she has her own personality. She brings like a lot of levity to the team. That's, that's really key um, to the movie. And she's just, just a lot better than than I would think, mm-hmm. and I I should have thought of it, and it definitely would have contended for that five spot. That is a good shout, and uh, my number two again is is actually one that I had in my honorables. But if if you listen to this episode, you know that I toiled a bit over this, and I I went back and forth, and I'd say of every movie that I almost did put in my top five. This is the truly the one that I regret the most not putting in it. And that is from our Pixar episode with Dylan Finnerty. And that is Ratatouille. It it, mm. it kills me to this day. I still think about it. And we both had it in our list. You did. Close to a unanimous pick, which doesn't happen often. No. Haunts my nightmares sometimes. Ooh. I tough, know. tough. I know. I'm hoping I did it some justice by putting it on this list right now. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of unanimous picks, mine comes from an episode where we, we basically came to a conclusion about what the best cameo ever is. But, and we've said it before on the pod, but it had to be here. We missed one cameo that, that would have been either two or three on my list. And, and honestly, it could have contended for number one. Because in terms of freaking out at seeing a cameo, nothing has ever affected me as much as Vin Diesel at the end of Tokyo Drift. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How did I forget to put this on the Miss Picks when we talked about this? You missed it from Miss Picks. <laughs> you fucking schwig. That just blew my fucking mind when it happened. And it still gives me swoovies when I watch the movie to this day. Like, we just rewatched it for our... Fast episode like a month ago, and I was still like, wow, this is so fucking great. Oh, it's so good. Wow, what a fucking pick. What a number one. That's just, uh, I'm ashamed of myself for not having it. I missed, I missed the missed pick. Well, now I can't, can't wait to hear your number one. All right, my number one. Where I cheat a little bit, but I think you're going to like it. There's no specific episode, but there's a movie that I fucking wish I'd talked about in multiple episodes. And that movie is Cloud Atlas, which is just an epic of just unbelievable proportions, made by, directed by the Wachowskis. And I could have talked about this movie in multiple episodes. I could have talked about it in Oscar Best Picture snubs, because in my opinion, the fact that it wasn't nominated for Best Picture is a fucking travesty. I could have talked about it in maybe movie theater experiences, maybe movies that make us cry, maybe even alien movies technically, but this fucking movie 
is unreal. I felt like the world was not ready for it. It is three hours long. It is so complex. It's based off a novel, and a lot of people have said that it could never be you know, adapted to a movie. But somehow, in my opinion, they absolutely pull it off. And I saw it three times, I believe, in theaters because it's truly the rare film that every time you watch it, you get deeper meaning out of it and you understand different things that you may have not picked up on the first time. And I love movies like that. To me, it's like one of the great tragedies of the last decade that this movie was not more popular. And I I really do hope that over time it gains more and more fans because even the actors in it are massive fans of it. You had you in there, by the way, you have Tom Hanks, you have Halle Berry, you have Jim Broadbent, Hugo Weaving, you have Hugh Grant, Susan Sarandon, James Darcy. You've got a great cast, but Tom Hanks, for instance, just, just as a little tease, he has said that out of every film he has ever been in, Cloud Atlas is the only one he has watched more than twice. And he's watched it quite a few more times than twice and says it pretty much like the experience on that film like changed his life. And Halle Berry has said similar things. Hugh Grant has said similar things. Jim Broadbent has said similar things. It's It truly is a special, special movie that goes so deep into human connection and just the soul, life, just existentialism. Just watch this fucking movie. It's unbelievable. And if you haven't watched it, you're fucking up. Well, it's, I mean, it's got got two shout outs so far in this app. One honorable and one actual pick. But I feel like you're you're doing it justice. Dude, thank you. Thank you. It's it's time. It's time. Okay. I mean, well, that's it's 40, 40 picks into the books. Means we have one topic left to reach 50 total picks for this episode. And talk about reminiscing. That is, of course, our favorite episodes from our first 50. I guess technically 49, but it doesn't matter. Favorite apps of the pod. And that means you, sir, go first. Hey, and I just want to say before we even get started on this, this was very difficult because Mike and I obviously have enjoyed every single episode, and that's no bullshit. Like, even there's been maybe a couple episodes that was just Mike and I that maybe I thought came out just decent, but, like, I truly have loved making every single episode. So, with that said, we've had so many fucking epic guests And I can say wholeheartedly that every single guest has been amazing. I'm picking personally the episodes that I think came out the fucking best. Not even necessarily my favorite topics, but the eps that I think, when I listen back to them, as I do every single episode, I thought just were fucking quality. And then there's, there's, there's one or two that also, it's a little bit, what went into the app itself, 
Would you, are you sort of on the same note, Mike? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so I'll, I'll hit us off with number five. And for me, it's top five parody movies with Kosh. Oh, very recent app. Very recent. And I hit this one because, and, and, and this was honestly an interesting pick for me because parody movies are not necessarily my thing. Like, I like them, but definitely, like, going into the topic, I was more excited about the guest than the topic, and I was I was pumped up to, like, check out some more parody films and to revisit a few because it'd been a while for me because, again, it's not necessarily something I watch all the time. But, man, I thought the episode just came out so well. Kosh was on fire. I thought... All of us were just clicking the entire time. There was just some fucking funny lines in there. And it really was a blast, you know, revisiting and, and visiting for the first time a couple of these movies. I had to include it. Like, there were, again, there were some them topics that I have loved that I left off the list to put this in because I just thought this was such a dynamite app. Yeah, great, great choice. And, and of course, we just love Kosh. Such a big supporter of the pod. We love having him on. Mm-hmm. Appreciate him so much. And a, a great episode. Uh, and can't wait. Can't wait to do more with him down the line. Agreed. Okay. My number five is actually one that we did just the two of us. I can't wait. And that is our top five Nicole Kidman movies. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and there's a couple reasons. I mean, the first would be because we really, there's the only episode like that that we've done where we've just focused on one actor. Um, I guess you could say we did Tarantino, so we focused on like one director or Scorsese, but really only one actor and, and someone that we, you know, had seen a fair number of her films, but, but not a ton. And we both just spent the entire week binging as many movies as possible. Um, and it was just a really cool way to kind of experience someone's career uh, and had a lot of fun doing that. And then uh, also also sparked our very first piece of fan mail, which I think I'll always remember. So, you know, just a, a very meaningful episode. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to Kelsey again for being the person that first ever sent us, you know, a message or an email. That was very special. I love that that's on your list because that really was a, a, the whole thing was just a very cool experience with that episode. Great number five. My four is actually also an episode that was just you and me, Mike. Oh, nice. And I'd say of all the episodes, this is definitely the one that I chose because of the amount of fun I had prepping for the episode and then discussing it with you, of course, on the episode. And that is, Top five Desert Island albums. That is my my first honorable mention. Wow. Amazing. I, I had to include this, dude, because the way that we went about the five albums that we each would take and like how they each played off of each other and that playing into it, it made it such a fun thing for me to pick these that. I just felt like it was different from anything else we had done up to that point. Obviously, we did Desert Island movies a little bit later, but um, it was just a very different episode for us and one that brought me a lot of joy as someone who loves music so much. So 
I really just had a blast doing that one with you. And I think it came out well. And I think if you haven't listened to that one and you're listening to this, that's one worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. That one was a lot of fun, uh, a fun little like intellectual exercise, putting those lists together. But then we also, yeah, it was cool. We kind of had some weird insights about what we were looking for in our lists that I thought got to got a little bit deeper than I was expecting. Um, you know, and we're surprisingly we're similar in those details. Yeah, yeah, about just sort of what music you know means to us and kind of the purpose that it serves. So that was a very cool episode. Had a lot of fun with that. Uh, okay, my number four is our sequels better than the original with Koch. Fucking Koch. I mean. Well, that that one was just, I mean, of course, again, we say it again, we love Coach. But that one was, yeah, I just, and, and I don't want to sound, sound like I'm giving myself a pat on the back, but I know you guys were definitely just losing it, like all my picks in that episode. I just thought we were getting <laughs> yes, so yes, silly. Yes. Uh, it was just so much fun just to, just to laugh for an hour and a half or whatever. It was just so great. And that was, you know, the first time, uh, us ever getting on the pod with Koch. And, and again, he's become such a supporter. We we love him as well. Check out Tiny Hat Big Jokes if you haven't. Uh, but yeah, we love Koch. That and we just had a great time. Yes. And that's one of my honorables. The sequel's better than the original. So I, I wanted to only have one ep with, with each guest if there were yeah, repeats. Yeah. But I, I fucking loved that episode as well. Um, Great pick. And, and yes, if you haven't listened to that episode, Mike's picks are so fucking outrageous and so Mike, it's on another level. So you need to listen. Great number four. All right, my number three. My number three is sort of an all-inclusive, all-encompassing why I picked it, which is one, it was the first episode where I really felt like, well, I'll just say what it is first. It's the top five rom-coms episode that we did with with Alex, with, with Alexander Curran. Big shout out, Alex. Big shout out to Alex. The reason I chose this one is, first of all, it was the very first, I believe, Mike, tell me if I'm wrong, the first episode we released standalone uh, after we released our first batch. And then I think this was the very first, like, okay, we have a new episode this week. And it was, I don't know, it just, to me, that episode like meant a lot to the podcast. Like it, it sort of kicked off, I feel like a sort of a new chapter where Mike and I had been experimenting. We'd been, we'd been getting ready to do the pod. We'd recorded a bunch of eps. And then this episode was, I feel like the first one where I felt like, okay, like we're finding our footing to like where we want to be. And it was this epic episode. It was, it was, it was a long one. And we had Alex, we got to do the rom-coms and we also got to do a little interview with her at the end. And, and I also love fucking rom-coms. So that didn't hurt, but just the whole episode, it was, it was just very fun. And I look on it very fondly. And, and with that said, it's also our most listened to episode. So apparently you guys liked it too. And so that that means something to me as well. Yeah, that's not even on my honorables. I just like totally that's that's missed picks. That's next time's missed picks. That's your I totally missed forgot about that. Uh but yeah, you're totally right. I mean, we've we've improved a lot since then um and found our groove, but that is like 
if you're going back, if you haven't listened to the pod, that's like probably the first one where I would say like, this is pretty much it. Like from there, we've just been tweaking and getting better at it, but that's really where we had the format down, where things were kind of going the way we wanted them to. And and like you said, it's our most listened to app. So always a special one. Yeah. Well, speaking of special, my number three is it's mostly up there because it was with a very special guest. Uh, and that is our top five movie speeches. Yes. With Zach. Um, and I mean, the episode was great. We had a lot of fun. You like recited the entire Team America speech. <laughs> hilarious. Um, and, you know, we've, we've spoken about it kind of can like just sort of offhand, I should say, on the pod a few times. But we recorded an episode with Zach before this. So we tried to have him on earlier, but mm-hmm. the episode was lost. It's a long story. So it just took us too long to get him on. We love Zach so, so much as a person, one of our best friends ever. But of course, Amen. I mean, our pod would be nothing without our theme. It's it's just so much better than, than anything we could come up with. When mm. when Zach said it to us, it was basically like, like a rough draft, right? He was just sort of like, oh, what's this? Like, I just made this. And we were both just floored. Floored. I it's mean, so fucking incredible. So I was just, you know, for everyone out there, I was just back on the East Coast visiting family and I saw some friends. And when the podcast came up a couple of times, the first thing that was said to me every time and almost always is when it's brought up to me just in general is some they'll start singing the jingle to me. Top fives and deep dives. It's just like it's unfucking real how good this thing is and and. We're eternally grateful to Zach, and also we fucking love him. He's our brother, but yeah, he's Zach means a lot to the podcast. Yeah, and 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 of course, check out Real Tobika People. We always have all the socials in our show notes. It's there every single week. You must listen to Real Tobika People. You must. And big things are happening with with Real Tobika People, which is Zach's project. They just dropped a new single, "Cool Your Jets." It is fucking awesome. So get your asses over to Spotify, wherever you listen to music and listen to it. But great, great pick on movie speeches, Mike. That's one of my top honorables as well. Uh, I fucking love that episode. And I wish I, again, like Mike said, we had an episode with Zach earlier that was awesome. And it's sad that it'll never see the light of day because we lost it. But I mean, that could have been on my favorite episode if it ever got released. Instead, it'll remain the infamous lost episode. All right. Number two. Top five Pixar films with our dear friend Dylan Finnerty. Bayonne Zone. Bayonne Zone. Man. First of all, I got to give Dylan some props because he introduced us to Kosh, who we fucking love. That's true. That's true. And second of all, I got to give him props because... I truly believe this is one of the greatest episodes of the pod. It just similar, funny enough to how I was talking about the parody movies episode. I think this episode just went off without a hitch. I felt like everything was firing on all cylinders. Dylan was on point and we just, we just had a blast. And I, I loved actually watching all the fucking Pixar movies that week going through, ranking him. Of course, there was the hilarious, you know, me choosing Monsters University. 
which as we saw in Miss Picks, I might have wished that I got Ratatouille in there somehow, but it was such a fucking fun time. And and truly, I mean this. When I recommend people that ask me, what episode do I start with? I say, if you like Pixar movies, listen to the Pixar episode. I truly think it's one of the best in one of the best episodes in terms of showing people what we're all about. And I just think it does. I just think it's a fucking awesome app. Love it. I can't rave enough about it. And it's also another one of our most popular apps. Speaking of. Yeah, I love that app as well. And I had a great time, which was not, not unexpected, obviously, because we always have fun on the pod, but I had, it was a real slog getting through all those movies. Cause it's just not really <laughs> my, my thing. Uh, but yeah, we had a great time and it also, but also you just sent me like the text, some of the texts that Dylan got in response. And I always think about one of them that just said, who hurt Mike? Yes. Someone sent Finn such fucking funny, uh, such a funny text. Oh. oh, that just kills me. Fuck. Great episode. That was a great app. That was a great oh, man. app. Okay. Um, my number two. Another one of our favorite guests. I, honestly, just going through this list, it's just been, God, we've just—it's been so great to have so many fun people on the pod. Really, it's just been incredible. There's never not like I can truly say this without bullshitting. There's never been someone that was not a fun guest on the pod. No, and it's just uh, we just love that they, you know, people want to come on, and it's just, it's it's well beyond any of our expectations. So, I think we'll probably end up hitting all of our guests one way or another in this topic, but thank you as a general, just thank you to everybody. Seriously. Thank um, you. So number two, it's a one-time guest. Um, and that is David Kramer. Oh my God. Our blink miss episode. Hopefully our first annual. I hope we revisit blink miss in a couple months. We better. Our first annual blink miss episode <laughs> where we did a bracket of the Blink-182 songs and I confirmed mean, what we might have already known, that Josie's the best song. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. And that was just, I mean, we loved having Kramer on, obviously, uh, but it was such a totally different episode. I know you, you know, put that bracket together, which was just so much fun. Um, and I went deeper, deeper into Blink than I ever have. But it was just, yeah, just such a different episode from anything we did up till then or even since then. So a lot of fun. Yes, that I mean, again, and I, I still to this day don't know exactly how it translated to everyone else. But I, I mean, it was it's hard to have that much fun. And we did. It was just we had a fucking blast with that app. And uh, I mean, having Kramer on, of course, was just amazing. Maybe maybe we'll get him one day for something else. I don't know. He's a hard guy. To, he's a hard guy to lock down. But uh Speaking of, obviously, a lot of people know this. It's out in the news. Big thing. You know, Mark Hoppus, unfortunately, has cancer right now. Very, very sad thing. But he's been very positive. And he's had some positive results so far in terms of his chemo treatment. We're wishing him the best. Love you, Mark. And even Mike's loves you right now. Who typically does yeah, not. Don't don't listen to our blankness episode actually. Yes, because yes. I said that it's some bad things and now I feel terrible. Yes, as you should. But you know what? You know where it's all gonna tie back up, Mike? Josie won. 
because it's both you and I agree it's the best song, and it was proven in the bracket. And the main line of Josie is everything's going to be fine. That's true. And I believe it. I do too. So best wishes to Mark and an epic, epic number two, Mike. All right. You're number one. Here we go. I got to be honest. There never was a doubt for me. There's one episode that was so much fucking fun. This for me in terms of the fun factor is going to be a tough one to beat. And so to all our future guests, bring it on because the amount of laughing and just hilarity of this, it was just incredible. And that's top five Oscar best picture snubs with the one and only Rory Cosgrove. Wait, Dan. No, no. It's my number one. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Rory is going to freak out when he hears this. I mean, oh it's, it was undeniable. We had a fucking, it was just, let me set the scene for everyone. Whether you have or have not listened to this episode, typically we record the episodes all remote. So typically I'm at home, Mike's over, uh, over home in London, I'm in LA, and then our guests, wherever they are, they're at home. It's just the best way that it works audio-wise and, and just Obviously, Mike and I can't be together all the time. We're across the world. But for this particular episode, Rory was like, no, no, no. Let's get together. You and me. We'll fucking do it like from my place. So I go over his place. We end up setting it up for the sake of Echo and whatnot. I was in one room and he was like out the door in like the, the kitchen. Me and him start cracking beers. We're having trouble getting the whole thing set up in the first place. We finally get Mike looped in. And the three of us were just drinking, just going through these snubs, all absolutely freaking out at people's picks and just getting getting rowdy. And it just was, I mean, some of the most fun hours I've had during the course of this pandemic. Yeah, we just got so, so silly and drunk. The silly. And I, I'll never forget that when we were like recapping, only up to number two, we had taken so <laughs> many, so many deviations. We tried to recap at pick two. And then Rory had so many extra picks. <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely. Yeah, I was listening back to a lot of it because uh, I. Well, one of my missed picks was from there, so I wanted to make sure that we didn't talk about it, but I was just losing it. And I thought that I had cut this out of the app, mm-hmm. but I think I just cut some of the stuff after. You know, we've, especially in our earlier episodes, we've we've had a few cases where people have had to pee. It happens. Sometimes it the episodes get long. No one has ever dropped a deuce in the middle <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> And I left it in. I thought I edited it out. It's in there. So oh my I, God. I feel like it's, it's fair game to talk about it. Absolutely. Incredible work by Rory. Incredible. Oh, my God. Wow. I cannot believe we have the same one. And, but I can because it was that fun. And shit. I mean, that's there you have it. If you haven't listened to that episode, you should probably get on it. But uh, otherwise, I know there's some honorables we definitely want to shout out. And... We can go tit for tat. We'll go one for one each. But I know I want to start by shouting out, which almost made my list, is our top five over-the-top action movies with the one and only Dr. Action, a.k.a. Ian Fisher. 
which was just a treat. That that episode was so much fucking fun. So, so much fun. Like all three of us love those type of movies. Like, I don't know if I know anyone else that loves them as much as those three people. And so being able to talk about them for a couple hours was just so great. Great, great pick. Um, I am going to go with Christmas movies. That's my next one. Well, then I'm taking it from you. Yes, so you Christmas are. Movies. Yeah, I mean, that was that was also very fun because we got to, you know, you love Christmas. I hate Christmas, so we got to play on that. Uh, I also got 10 picks, which was awesome, and, and that made it also unique, uh, but a format that I think was still fun, and maybe we could revisit in some other capacity down the line. I agree. We haven't done that since, and that was super fun and of its own nature. And and honestly, like that episode yielded just a bunch of films I wanted to see just because I love horror, and you dropped all Christmas horror films. And Alex and I obviously just dropped your classic films. So it's just very well-rounded episode and, and very fun episode. Uh, that's a great pick. One that I want to drop is our top five entourage episodes with my brother, Dylan Cohen. Oh, yeah, nice. Which, again, we haven't done a ton of TV stuff, but I felt like, you know, we had wanted Dylan on for a bit and we'd had him on for, you know, we had him on for our Dirty Work episode and eventually our movie theater experiences episode, which which is another one that I fucking loved. But I don't know. The Entourage Ep one just came at a certain time. I just remembered just rewatching the whole show and then talking about it with you boys was just so fun. Yeah, that's that's possibly the deepest we've ever gone because we all watched the entire series. Yep. And and the movie. Yep. Wordsworth. Um, I will go to our most recent episode, Desert Island Movies. Ooh. Uh, and that one was, you know, a similar intellectual challenge to the Desert Island albums that you brought up, but yielded incredibly different results. And may the dichotomy between the two of us and our picks in that episode, we may never top it. We no. may never stop it. It was just so completely different. And that also made it really fun. I totally agree. The Desert Island episodes in general have been so fun. And yeah, that that was an awesome app. I've got I've to gotta shout out another guest that I fucking loved having on um, for this next pick. And that's that's top five alien movies with, with the one and only Casey Byron. Yes. Such a fun app. So fun. And I mean, we love Casey. She's one of one of our favorite people. And to be able to talk aliens was fucking awesome. And I mean, very soon you guys are gonna get another episode with her, and it's a very fun topic. So look out for that. But uh yeah, I mean that was that was just an absolute treat that episode. Yeah, and we completely lucked out because basically the government admitted that UFOs were real like that same week or like around that same time, which was hilarious. And it was amazing. I mean, I was just playing Aliens Exist by Blink-182 all week. And and they do. Um, I've got another guest that we haven't yet talked about, which is Coach Adam. 
Who we I love. mean, talk about talk about maybe last, but most definitely not least, because we fucking love Coach Adam. Love Coach Adam. Our cameos episode was so much fun. I mentioned it earlier, but we essentially came away with a unanimous pick. And yeah, it was just great to have him on. Of course, he did some Coachella apps with you, and and we're gonna have to get him back on very soon. Uh, and I know we're planning on doing that for for a full episode. We are, and I I want to say actually to Adam because I of course we're talking about episode, you know, the regular episodes right now. But I do want to say that you know that episode, the little Coachella run I did with Adam, couple bonus episodes. Um, those were so fun as someone that is so passionate about that stuff. And Adam is truly one of my only friends that is that passionate on music like me. And so to be able to talk to that, you know, to him about that stuff was amazing. And just, he's one of the funniest personalities I think of our friends perhaps. And it's, it's always a pleasure to have him on. And I'm very much looking forward to our, our, future ep which will be coming in the next month or two yeah we we fucking love you dude do you have any more I, i'll call out a few more if you don't yeah i've got a couple more uh you want me to just like sort of quick shout out a couple uh yeah yeah go ahead so one i was gonna bring up was um was a uh, childhood movies which another one with alex but i i just loved it because we i felt like we all went deep to the point where we had over i think we named over a hundred movies during the episode and I really like the unsolved true crime episode just because it was different. Mike and I are obsessed with true crime. And uh, another one I want to shout is when we did the James Bond episode with TV Trivia Pod. That was really fun just because... I had not seen the majority of the James Bond films and that was similar to the Nicole Kidman thing where we just watched a shitload of like one actor's work over the course of a week. I just watched every single James Bond film over the course of like a couple weeks and that experience was very fucking cool. And so that that one holds a bit of a special place in my heart. Great, and also, of course, we went on his pod, so go check that out if you have not or and you're interested in The Office. Yeah, if you well, like yeah. The Office, the U.S. Office, I mean, you got to check out his podcast, TV Trivia Pod. He does Office Trivia. We guessed it on an episode, and spoiler alert, we do pretty fucking well, so you should listen to it. Fuck yeah, we did. Um, I'm trying to think. Football movies, American football. We have to go out boss. Double Holy. guest, football movies, baseball movies. How we dare we guy. not bring up Poss so yet? Fun. So, so fun having him on. Poss, fucking hell I love you, Poss. Having Poss on has been unbelievable. And I'm excited about what we're going to do next because I know he's going to come on again at some point. And speaking of guests we have to get back on, Danny Darko. Oh, our Martin Scorsese episode. Scorsese. I mean, it was great having him on. That was another one that was a lot of fun. Uh, there's a fair number of Scorsese that I hadn't seen, and I did a complete watch of all of his films um, over a couple of weeks, and that was super fun as well. And, of course, you know, having Danny Hollywood on was great. And, you know, we got a couple of fun stories that, that we couldn't put on the pod, but we had a great time talking with Danny. 
we did. And speaking of guests, how have we not mentioned, which was a very fun endeavor, our our friend Nick Masick, who came on for oh, the, right. the Quentin Tarantino episode. Incredible. Such which, a fun episode. Oh my god, to be able to talk Tarantino for a couple hours. I mean and and again, that was an episode that was very of its own, sort of a unique little format and was very fun. I'm trying to think if if God forbid there's anyone that we haven't brought up yet that's been on the podcast. I feel like we've named every guest. I think we have as well. Yeah, I can't God, I'm gonna feel terrible if we if we miss someone, but I'm no, pretty sure we, we've got everybody. I don't I don't think we did. And if somehow we did, we fucking love you. But we didn't. We didn't. We've gotten everyone and these episodes have all been so much fun. I really liked movie twists recently. That'll be my last honorable. And uh but now we're just naming every episode. And I've liked every, every fucking episode, so fuck it. We, we really have. And we've been having a blast with the Patreon as well. And of course, thanks to everybody that's that's over there. But yeah, that's we've been having a lot of good times with uh, you know the different type of content we have there. And frankly, it's, it's good to get out of this groove a little bit. Of course, not missing any weeks here. I, I could more. not agree more. It's actually, that's been so fun over there because it is a little bit different. And there's shorter apps too. They're like 30, 40 minutes usually, if that. And... Yeah, we've had a lot of content over there. If if you're interested at all, we do have one of our bonus episodes up for just regular listening on, you know, all the same platforms as the pod, Spotify, Apple, everything. And if you're into it, you know, a few bucks a month, there's a lot of content, really helps us out. I mean, we'd appreciate it more than you ever know. So thank you to everyone that's been subscribed already and that has just recently subscribed and then to anyone into it check it out very easy to find us on the patreon website you know we have the link in all our socials and and thank you for checking out if you do i mean and and of course we say it all the time thanks to everybody that's given us a review on apple that's helped us a lot but really you know thanks to anybody that's listened over the course of these 50 episodes that just i don't think that we ever really expected anyone to listen so just just putting in that time means the world to it, us. It really does. Like, I, well, you, we absolutely started this solely for fun and almost as a nice, you know, it's a nice reason for Mike and I to be able to chat about shit we like every week. And the fact that people, more and more people have actually been listening really blows our minds every day. And when people hit us up and like message us stuff, same thing. So thank you so much for listening, whether it's to five minutes of an episode or to every single one. And here's to another 50. I can't wait till we get to, to the 100th episode, dude. Me either, brother. Me either. But yeah, I guess that's it. I guess that's the extravaganza. Five lists, 50 picks. Does this mean we have to do 10 lists at our 100th episode? Maybe. We may have set a dangerous precedent. <laughs> this is very dangerous. Um. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um. And speaking of those Apple reviews, if you've come this far and you haven't left us an Apple review yet, it would truly mean the world to us. It's free. It takes about a minute. And if you leave us a five-star review, it helps us get noticed on Apple Podcasts, which is a big deal for us. Um, Thank you if you're able to do that. And... 
Next week, we have a very fun episode coming. Back with a spotlight. Back with a great guest. Great topic. Thanks for helping us get to 50, guys. We will see you next week. Now it's time for Zach to sing his heart out for y'all and close out the episode. Peace, y'all. Top fives and deep dives with Town of PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town of PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town of PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town of PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantonius. 50!